0: Hi, this is Jeff with the SBCA podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on our podcast or would like more information about the podcast, please contact us at sbcapod at gmail.com. That's sbcapod at gmail.com. Let's get to the show. I'm your host, Jeff, and I'm so glad that you're here with us today. This podcast is for you. Camp directors, camp managers, camp volunteers, whoever you are, this podcast is designed to give you the information to make you successful, to help your camp grow to its fullest potential. Content, connections, and camps. That's what we're doing here, and we hope you enjoy. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the SBCA podcast. I am your host, Jeff, and today I am extremely excited and just cannot wait to introduce you to my friend, the pastor, creator. He has got the dubious title of being the composer of the theme to our podcast here. My friend, my brother, Caleb Hilbert. Brother Caleb, <laughs>
1: Well, thank you. I don't. I don't know about the creator. I'm not. I'm not a creator. I'm not the creator. Not the creator. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't barrage well, Jeff-
0: anybody into existence or anything. So that's good.
1: Well, Jeff, I've been a long time listener, first time caller. <laughs>
0: So, yeah. so if, uh, if you're new to the podcast at all, um, if this is one of your first time listening, I will go ahead and, and give you a little bit of a hint. They're not all going to be as crazy as this one I'm sure is going to end up being because Caleb and I have a long history of, uh, This this kind of crazy stuff. Yes. Uh, We actually had a podcast together for quite some time um, uh, with your brother, Ty. And that was that was a lot of fun. The Emmaus Project podcast. That was that was really good. And uh, so we've we've done this once or 12 times. So I'm we
1: we have we're pretty comfortable with each other. We're pretty comfortable uh, talking to each other. Uh, We're still not comfortable yet. Uh, holding hands in public. That's true, yeah. That's
0: <laughs> yeah, because you won't spend any time in Orlando. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> All right, so today's topic, we're going to be talking uh, specifically about camp pastors. Camp pastors. Uh, what, what they are, what's good about them, um, how to find a good one, what a good one looks like, that kind of a thing, and uh, how to be a good camp pastor. Now, Caleb, you... Uh, You have served as a camp pastor for a couple of camps. You have served on uh, the board of a camp. So you have some idea being a pastor yourself, uh, working with organizations such as CEF and some others that what it takes to be a good and effective camp pastor. So so tell us a little bit about your experience with camps and camp pastors and what we need to be looking for.
1: Yeah. So I started camping ministry when I was still in high school. Actually, uh, I was uh, a part of a camp called Gospel Lakes in New Waverly, Texas. It was a day camp where on the weekend on Saturday, uh, inner city uh, churches from Houston would bus up kids to this old catfish farm, you know, had several ponds with catfish in it. And we would take them out fishing and then we would share the gospel with them. And there was this chapel time. And I remember the first chapel time uh, listening to the person talk and I was bored. And I thought, I can't even imagine what these kids are thinking because I'm excited about this stuff. And so that was really the first time that I really said, you know, I think I could do that. I, I, I can at least be a little bit more interesting, probably not the best reason to start, uh, teaching and learning how to teach. So I, I then got trained through CEF and, uh, I would go back to that camp, you know, every week for the next couple of years. And I would, I would teach. And that was my first, uh, introduction to, to camp teaching. Uh, then later on, I, when I moved to Idaho, I got involved with uh, Shiloh Bible Camp in Donnelly, Idaho with Nathan Bath. He he really kind of was uh, the first guy that kind of introduced me to the overnight camping. And then I met you. And uh, I think there was one summer, Jeff, where I spoke at four camps. So, I spoke at uh, a CEF camp. I think I spoke at one of your camps, and I spoke two at at the one in Donnelly, Idaho. So, in my experience in in camp <laughs> teaching and being the camp pastor, camp is maybe the most difficult place to teach. It, it's it's right there. It's right there with nursing homes, well, in my opinion. Wow. Um,
0: so, yeah. so what makes it so it, difficult? It, I mean, what it, is the what's the struggle when it comes to a camp?
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to say this because I don't want to say that it's all on the teacher, the results are all on the teacher and the preacher because we know the holy spirit's working. We know God's sovereign in the hearts of of people. So he he always uses us in spite of ourselves, okay? Right. So uh that's the only firm confidence that a preacher can have going to a place he doesn't know and preaching that God's at work. So just from a pure rhetorical standpoint, right, from speaking, when I speak, there are three things I'm considering, the content, the setting and the audience. All right. So that's what I'm looking for every time I'm teaching. So at a camp, normally the content's pretty easy because the camp director will say, here's our theme for this this summer. And nine times out of 10 is pretty easy. Uh, I think the hardest one I ever had was a guy wanted me to teach on wanted dead or alive. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what, how do I do that? So uh, for the most part, it's pretty, they're really good. So it's really easy. Uh, And then for me, I'm, I'm one of those weirdos that show up and I expect the kids to bring their Bibles to chapel and I go verse by verse. How dare you? uh, (laughs) Right. Like, like, I'll even do that. I've even done that. I don't know if you remember, Jeff. I did that when you had me do what was the smallest age group? What age group the was that? Two, three, four. I still yeah. do doing exposition with them. Yeah, yeah. And so I, to me, to me, that's always the best way. It's the best. It's it's let people be exposed to God's word, especially these deer campers. That's what changes their life, uh, you know, because they're going to go back and they're going to face a lot of temptation. And I'll be honest with you, there's never been a time when I've been fighting temptation, and I said. Oh, there was that one time I went whitewater rafting. I guess I'm not going to look at porn today. <laughs> that's never, that's never happened, right? right. That's never, that's never been right. a, a thing that's helped me fight temptation. It's always been God's word. So I, I feel like that's really important. So then that leaves then the other two areas, which is setting and uh, audience and a camp setting by design, at least the camps I've been a part of has always been, we're taking people out of their element. Right. So it's not it's not a normal place to find these people. So there's already that little uneasiness and awkwardness and anxiety. Then you have returning campers who are really excited about tradition. They know the language. They're excited. They're wearing the T-shirts all year. And then you have first time and they're anxious and awkward. And so by the time they get to the chapel, the first chapel service, there's this weird, awkward, anxious excited feeling. And for me, uh, setting determines my pacing of my sermon, how fast I go, how slow I go in the sermon. So, with that awkwardness and with that uh, anxiety, it's really difficult for me on the fly without knowing these people to know what that awkwardness, why they're awkward, why they're anxious. So, a lot of times when I'm teaching and there's an, an awkwardness in the in the audience and you can sense it. It's either because I didn't explain something right or I'm going too fast or I'm giving too much information. So that that's an indication to me to slow down a little bit, right? Where excitement normally means they're getting it. I don't have to sit there and belabor it. So in that setting where you have such a crazy setting, it's really hard to determine pacing. How fast should I go? How slow should I go? How in depth should I go? So that's what makes that really difficult. And then the audience how do you describe a camp audience i mean how do you, how do you describe that i mean are, is it is it 60, 40 believers, non-believers?
0: Yeah, yeah, there's, I think in any given situation, it could be anything. And that's the, that's the struggle I think there is you never really yes. know. I mean, you got yeah. those dedicated kids that are coming to camp because they're lifelong churchers. And then you have those kids that are being invited or just show up during the summer because they know something fun's going to go on and they want to come to camp. Exactly. So there's no, I don't think there's a good apt ratio
1: in that. No, there isn't. So just think about that for application. So is my application evangelistic? Is my application to the believer? Is my application to a a nominal believer? Is my application to a, to a, a committed person to Christ? So the first session, you have to hit all four of those applications and you can't go in depth because you don't know you don't know your audience. And so you, you have to speak in generalizations and that's not good teaching and that's not good preaching. And so that's what makes it really difficult. Obviously as the week goes on, uh, and we'll probably get into this later of what makes a good camp pastor, uh, as I get to know the students and the campers, obviously then it gets better because then I, 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 they get settled, uh, I have a way to communicate with them more than just here's some guy at this camp that we're doing and he's just in the way of paintball. Uh, So as you get to know them, you're able then to to have a lot more uh, of a tailored illustration, uh, be able to speak, uh, uh, you know, actually and illustrate actually to their lives opposed to some phantom person in your mind, in your office, not knowing who they are. Plus, not only that, but vernacular, you know, um, when I would talk at your camp, Jeff, there was a different vernacular that would come than when I would go to uh, the Donnelly because they were pulling from Boise and they had a way of talking and a way of doing Mm -hmm. things. And then when I was with you at your camp, they were pulling from a different town, completely different kids, completely different Subcultures. So as you get to know them, then you can incorporate some of that vernacular, not not in a way to trick them or manipulate them, but in a way to help illustrate God's truth in a way that they can understand it. So that's what makes it difficult.
0: And I I assume that it's it's almost like taking the pastorate and condensing it or distilling it down to a short period of time. I mean, you're taking yes. all the work yes. you're doing as a pastor over a course of years and trying to distill that down into a short, uh, condensed week time frame and do that effectively. It's got to be oh yeah, it's be uh, almost uh, maddening to try to to try to do all that and do it effectively.
1: Yeah, there there's one other thing that makes it really difficult and I and I almost forgot this is uh the Stamina that's needed. So when I, I'll take the Donnelly because that's the one I spoke at the most. uh So that week I had to preach ten times. That's a lot. That's a lot of time. And I, I, I don't like just giving a sermon with no heart, with no feeling. I, I get into yeah. it. I, I really am into it. I get, I give everything I got every single sermon. Well. Normal church week. I have Monday off because I preach hard and I'm done. I I'm no good to anybody at camp. I preach like that. Then I go out and I run around in the hot sun. I eat dinner. Then I preach again. Then I got to wake up. And at Donnelly, then I did staff devotions. And then right after that, I had breakfast. I preached Then did the whole thing. So the stamina to To keep up and, and to ha- keep that energy, to keep that passion and, and to remain a godly example in front of the campers, that takes a lot of stamina, yeah. especially, especially to us who are not used to that camp culture, that camp speed. Uh, if you're not used to that camp speed, the first time is – Exhausting. Yeah. And you almost need, you almost need two weeks off after because it's just so exhausting. And, and,
0: you know, I see that a lot when we have, uh, uh, groups come in and they get, they bring these youth pastors in to, uh, you know, because they've been doing youth ministry. You know, they're obviously equipped and trained to be the number one guy to do this. And then you get them through the middle of a camp week and at about Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, they're just, they're zapped i mean they really are because yeah. the stamina like you said of of being able to do all of the stuff and connect with your kids i mean they go from seeing them on a point and click kind of basis to a you you're here for an extended amount of time not only do i not get that respite of getting to go home but i'm i'm there with you overnight I'm there with you in the morning. I see you through lunch. Yes. I see you at dinner. Then I see you. <laughs> and he said, it does it does take a toll on uh, on that on that energy level that, you know, even even young youth pastors may have. So I, ca- I can see where that is extremely tough.
1: Yeah. And, you know, one of the other things, too, that that gets really difficult in that stamina is, um, you know, you only have a lot of time to build sermons. So you pretty much, so the front end, if you're doing it right, (laughs) the minimum of each sermon should at least be eight hours. And even then you're like, oh, that's, that's not enough time for, for a good sermon. That's solid. So a general rule for me is for me, the basic I'll spend is about 15 hours on a sermon. So you consider 10 sermons the amount of time on top of already preaching. Right. So you're, you're already going into the week staggered, um, you know, spiritually, emotionally staggered. Then you have to preach without, without your note, you know, without your library. And, and you pretty much got to say what I did earlier is going to have to work and I'll have to augment it on the fly and then keeping up that energy. So it, it can be quite taxing on a, on on a guy if he's not used to it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think the
0: struggle is and one of the things and this is something I want to address with this is knowing that knowing that difficulty, knowing the what it takes to be able to do that Uh, The temptation before knowing this was to select the youth pastor that's down the road or select the pastor that has some time or wants to come hang out with some kids during the week and things like that. Uh, That that perspective kind of needs to change. I mean, we need to to go into it with the understanding that. This is going to be a very grueling process. This is going to be something to where we need somebody that understands what we're asking them and not just somebody that says, oh, yeah, I think camp will be fun for a week. Right. We've got to vet them a little bit better. So so when we're looking at. Pastors, youth pastors, things like that. Uh, who are we targeting for that? What what should we be looking for in in those those guys to to come out and and lead this most important
1: part of the things that we do? So I'm going to start off with just a general outlook of ministry because uh, I think that's really important. Philosophy of ministry is the most important thing. Uh, th- remember, remember in John four when Jesus makes that pit stop with the woman at the well and the disciples go in and get food. And Jesus is talking to that woman and the disciples come out. Now, Jesus and the disciples have been walking all day, hot sun, climbing a mountain. They're, uh, they're exhausted. They're hungry. They go into the town for the purpose of getting food. So they come out to Jesus and they say, Jesus, eat, eat. And Jesus says, I have food you don't know about. Now you and I, if we're there, I know how Caleb and Jeff would respond. This dude is hiding granola. This dude has granola. He sent us into town. He's got granola. He didn't share his granola. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. You're supposed to share granola. You're still sharing with us. Yeah. So that would be the first thought, right? Uh, but but Jesus is talking about something spiritual. He's talking about ministry. And he says, look, the, the harvest is ready. Here it comes. So these guys are going home. You know, they're going to Galilee. They're going to go home. Jesus makes this pit stop and says, here's this ministry. And he says, this ministry is my food. And so you got to find those guys who their heartbeat. I mean, their heart is ministry that that's literally when they wake up in the morning. That is what they're thinking about. Uh, If you're just calling somebody who's just can turn a phrase really nicely, but they're not really there for the ministry. I don't know what you're accomplishing, first of yeah. all, uh, because c- I don't think people really respond to that. Uh, you might get a certain type of person to respond to that, but campers, I, I don't think they respond to that very well. It- you want people that are there invested in the people. So, so I-, I would say the first thing that you're looking for is somebody who is. I mean, their heartbeat is ministry. I mean, that's what gets them going. Yep. That, that's what they're about. And they're always looking for opportunities to minister, even when they're on vacation. You know, I mean, they're always doing stuff. And you're like, can't you, don't you take a break from this? No, you don't understand. I, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel, right? right? Like, I like I, I get nervous tics if I'm not doing ministry, right? So that's the type of person you're looking for, because that that's what's required. Somebody who's going to wake up and they're, They're tired. They're sore. they they're they're emotionally exhausted. You know, they're at their nth. But what's going to get them past that Wednesday hump? Ministry. Ministry. This is what I'm called to do. But as far as a speaker goes, Jeff, I I don't know. I kind of developed uh, four principles and we could talk about each of these principles uh, in, in more in depth. But I have four principles on on speakers and the type of guys that I want in camps and behind my pulpit. And, uh, I, I even serve as a, on the board of a pregnancy center uh-huh. here in Astoria, Oregon, and, uh, we have to pick speakers. And so I, it's kind of the similar thing. So the four principles are basically this, uh, it's what I call the hero principle, the Bible principle, the doctrine principle and the ministry principle. Right. So the, the first one is the hero principle. It's essentially this in talking to the person and in listening to the person as they speak, who's really the hero of their life. Is it them? I did this. I did that. I did this. Is it some person in church history? So-and-so did this a long time ago. So this is how we're supposed to do it now. Or is it Jesus, right? Is it God? Is it the triune God? And if they generally, because we all have feet of clay, so we're all going to we're all going to act ways we shouldn't. But generally, if in their speaking and in their sermons, if you walk away going, God's the hero and I need to know this God more. I, I need to be living for this God more. You know, God, God is the one that is, is the, the, the focal point after every conversation. That's. That's the first thing. God always has to be the focal point. Christ has to always be the focal point. The Holy Spirit's the one who's energizing them. So it's that hero principle. Right. And and that takes a little bit of time to get to know them and listening to quite a bit. So – that does add a little bit extra work on the camp guy, right? Because well, you're listening. But, to fortu- but for a couple yeah, sermons, fortunately,
0: we we live in a day and age where a lot of those things are being posted online exactly. or on SoundCloud exactly. or something like that. So the access to that is is made much much easier. So it made that process a little bit easier, not having to go to the churches and yeah. and listen to them on a Sunday anymore. You can pull it up
1: online. So. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be the first principle is what I call the hero principle. The the second principle is the bible principle. I don't know about you Jeff, but there's one thing that irks me and I there's several times where I've almost stopped somebody from speaking. I haven't because it's just rude and it would distract and you want to give people I'm trying to learn how to be more gracious and give people the benefit of the doubt. But it irks me. It's my pet peeve where a guy will read a text at the beginning of a sermon Then close his Bible, push it to the side of the pulpit, and then continue to preach. Yep. Now, the things that he may say, because most of the time manuscripts do that, right? Where they write out every single word and then they're just reading. So the Bible doesn't need to be open for them to preach their sermon because they have it all written out. So I get that, right? That's the benefit of the doubt. But the posture mm-hmm. of it is so important yep. because it it demonstrates that I can talk about God in this setting without an open Bible right. and it immediately alerts everybody in the auditorium you don't need an open Bible for everything I'm about ever ready to yep. say in fact it actually encourages okay now it's time for you to close your Bible and listen to me right uh, i I've even had a camp speaker one time uh, say uh OK, I want everybody to close your Bibles and listen to me. And nope. that's a bad yep. thing. Uh, that's a really bad thing. I I, I I want in a speaker somebody who's going to encourage you to keep your Bible open, that's going to encourage you to look at the Bible, to examine the Bible like a good Berean. It's going to see the Bible as being sufficient. So it's always going to be so, so th- this would be it. So imagine the posture. He has one finger on a chapter and verse and another finger pointing to heaven right that that's the type of sermon god's the object the source of that is found in the right. word and so you want a guy that's going to speak and encourage the kids to open their bible and just his mere posture when he's speaking is so important but even when he's talking to people right? right so is he always going back to the scriptures uh to me to me that's a really important thing yeah and you know as good baptists we we know instinctively even
0: from a young child that when the pastor closes his bible Bible, the sermon's almost over. It's time to get up and go to the potluck or whatever. So that's kind of <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: way to go. Yeah, a- amen for that. That's right.
0: That's right. That's what we. That's what we do. We know we watch for those cues. And so if you got your you got your guy closing it at the beginning of the sermon, they've already shut it off. They're thinking about what's coming for lunch. So
1: yeah, we got to beat the Methodist to uh, to the that's losers. right. to the what? That's a Texas thing. That's a, that's a uh, cafeteria.
0: So all of my, all of my Texas listeners uh, out there at, at all, all those Texas camps, they're going to understand what Lubies, Lubies is.
1: Okay. Yeah, they should. The rest of. Unless, 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 so I haven't been in Texas for a long time, unless the whole thing folded like a long time ago. Right. <laughs> and, the, and there's like people like a right? right? Yeah. <laughs> no it was a cafeteria thing it was a cafeteria thing it was the weirdest it was the weirdest place to eat but everybody went there it was like the place where all the blue hairs. I'm
0: going to ask, I'm going to ask uh, Will and uh, Bubba and some of those guys Please from, do. from camps. I'd ask Eric, but Eric, Eric informed me, he doesn't know what a podcast is. So, so we got He, he might, he might <laughs> still be eating <laughs> at Luby's. So we'll find out.
1: Yeah. Well, my, my fear is that it's a different name close to Luby's. They're like, oh, you mean Libby's? That's my fear.
0: <laughs> it probably is.
1: I should have said Applebee's. I should have Just said Applebee's.
0: Applebee's. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs>
1: So okay, so the third principle is the doctrine principle, and th- this one, this one's a little bit more difficult, and and it requires some discernment and prayer. But basically, the people I hire, or I hires the wrong word, I ask to come and speak. When they speak, they're going to only bolster the doctrinal statement, and what I mean by that is they're going to say things that m- staff and the listeners. You know the campers when they go back to the doctrinal statement, they'll read the doctrinal statement. and Go, oh, I now understand that better, right? I understand that better. Uh, I, I've listened to a couple guys who did not bolster the doctrinal statement, and you got to be careful here because sometimes you're talking about so small of an issue that it doesn't really matter. But I, I've I've seen it where guys have unintentionally or intentionally. Uh, undermine the doctrinal statement, so that the staff then starts asking questions about the doctrinal statement, and they start to communicate that that to the to the campers, to where you're having serious discussions about things that should be settled, mm-hmm. right? They should be settled, and and you should be uh, they should be moving closer to Jesus. Right. But because of this, it it's stopping conversation stopping growth stunting growth it becomes it uh, becomes that I, stumbling yeah. block
0: for them going forward it does. and that's all they can focus on is this portion that doesn't align with what uh what the doctoral
1: statement say exactly and so i, I and i, I don't want to get too much into this because i have my own theories and i don't want to tick off any of your listeners and you, jeff you lose all your listeners because you have me on but <laughs> I, there is a trend there is a trend of cutting back and trimming doctrinal statements to a just a mere Christianity. Mm. And on the one hand, I understand that I I understand a camp is not a church. And I understand that there's certain doctrinal statements that, you know, uh, some things in that, you know, you can say, okay, we can let bygones be like eschatology. Okay. a, A camp making a firm statement on, on some aspects of eschatology may or may not be very helpful, but it's been my experience that, if you start cutting back your doctrinal statement you don't know when to stop yeah. right so so it's it's one of those things where it's it's probably better to have a robust doctrinal statement and just saying this is who we are exactly <laughs> then let's cut back a lot of this stuff and uh be, because we're talking about truth and we're talking about what god says about things and I think we're all adult enough to realize that there are different doctrinal positions like eschatology, you know, there's pre mill and post mill and on mill and pan mill, all these guys. So I understand that there's all these different views and we can come together for the gospel, but you got, sometimes I feel like we're, we're not doing anyone a favor by saying, we're not going to stand on this point whatsoever. And then it, It kind of just leaves everything ambiguous and and you don't know. And I don't think that that's helpful to to our campers. And so I've always been one to say, let's not let's not lessen doctrinal statements. Let's find guys that are going to bolster our doctrinal statement so that our campers and our staff know this is what the Bible teaches. That's not saying that we don't have opportunities for them to ask questions. That's not that we become authoritarian and say you cannot ask a question this is the way right here. The wording. Uh, it, no, there, there's, there's got to be some grace and growth and teaching, but that's what the camp pastor does right. is he teaches. And as he teaches, that should deepen their understanding of the doctrinal statement. So they understand the importance of what the Bible teaches, because in my mind, a doctrinal statement is, yes, it is. This is what we teach. This is what we believe. But it also is uh, this is the way that we live for God. And, and if I. If I think rightly about the Bible and doctrine, then I have this way of thinking about God and relating to God that's correct. Right. And as I have bad theology, that's going to divert my attention and my energies away from the Lord and, and the application will be bad. So a doctoral statements at, at the core, thing that has to be protected. So, I want a speaker that's going to be, that's going to deepen people's understanding of the doctrinal statement. So, I, I think that's that's really important. Uh, and not just say, well, this guy can turn a phrase really well. Well, Jeff, you and I know uh, sometimes when you get a guy who's really eloquent, they don't believe the same things. <laughs> right. right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I've been in a camp setting where I heard a guy uh, deny the Trinity in front of the students. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody really batted an eye. And it was like, what is happening? How, how did he get through like that? You can't have right. that. You can't have that. Right. right? And, you know, when as
0: you're talking about, you know, the people, this is a little bit of a rabbit. But as you're talking about people limiting their doctrinal statements, we're, we're not in a time uh, in the church to where that's a that's a good thing to do. Not everything that we think is understood <laughs> is understood anymore. We have to be very, right. very clear on what we believe, what we promote, what we what we understand that the Bible says, because any room that is left up to interpretation by the omission of something, because, oh, well, everybody understands that, um, is a is a foothold for somebody to come in and say, well, you didn't specifically say so we can or we we can teach or we can do whatever. Um, And so I think I I agree with you there on that. I I would caution against limiting your doctrinal statement for for that more verbose, that more clearly defined doctrinal statement so that people understand exactly who you are. And that's what that's what's important.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I've been part of camps where the discussion was, well, if we, if we trim off some of the stuff of our doctoral statement, we'll be able to get more, we'll be able to get a wider range of speakers, staff issues, right? Volunteer issues. And my, my, my thought has always been, well, let's stand up for the truth. Let's stand up for what we believe in and let's just trust God. Like what why 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 do I have to lessen my public stance of what I believe so that more people will come mm-hmm. that that's, that just seems that just seems really cheapening the faith it's counterintuitive let, just, yeah for sure it is yeah so let's let's just let's just stand up for what we believe and let's just trust god in the midst of this god will provide right and 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 even if he doesn't, we still should stand for the truth, right? So, like, let's say, let, let's say that we have a particular ministry that we say, "Well, God will provide the workers for this ministry." God doesn't provide the workers for the ministry. Maybe that means it's time to close out this particular aspect of our ministry. Absolutely. So, to to me, to me, it, it's it's that, that's an important thing to think about with a speaker. And then the last one is what I call the ministry principle. So I'm going to start this one off with a story uh, and I'm not going to say anybody's names because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but it needs to be said. So I was speaking at a at a retreat, a youth retreat, and when they asked me, they asked me what my speaker fee was. And this is still my speaker fee, by the way, so everybody know. I say, if you pay for travel, you give me a place to stay and food. That's it. That, that's that's if, if I could do it for free, if I could do it for free and I could pay my way, I wouldn't even charge you. I would just do it because I love the ministry. I just love doing stuff like that. So uh, they did hire someone else and this other person sent them an email of multiple pages of stuff that has to be there, you know, Gotta get picked up in this type of vehicle and have to have this. And I have to have a green room and I have to have this. The temperature and I have in the to car must
0: be 72 degrees. Exactly.
1: <laughs> it, almost. Almost. Like, like, you know, we joke, but it was almost like that. And initially that puts a really bad taste in your mouth. Kind of like, what are you doing this for? So then anyway, so I started talking with with these guys who they hired. And um at we're talking in the lunch line while there's other campers coming up. And, uh, you know, I try to learn everybody's name. I'm not very good with names. I forget names pretty easily. Uh, So I'm trying really hard to remember everybody's name. And I see people, hey, man. And if I don't remember your name, I give you a really weird nickname. (laughs) And that's funny. And one kid went up to this one guy and said, hey, I really appreciate what you're doing. I really thank you that you're here. The guy said, thank you. Thank you so much. Turned around, continued to talk to me. The kid came back to ask him a question and the guy reintroduced himself and we're talking within a half an hour. Mm. And and the kid's face was like just destroyed his oh, world. Yeah. Absolutely. Destroyed his world. And so I I, I learned you you know this, but but you learn just by watching that. And you go, you know, the guys that we we bring into our camp, they should be, they should care about the people. You know, I care about the people I care about my church. And so the guy that I bring in should care about my people right. and they should at least attempt to know their names and attempt to figure out stuff in their life and it, and want to be around them, you know? Um, and so I, I, when I go to camp, I'm not perfect at this, Jeff, I, I, I I still have a lot to learn on this, but I try to be involved as much as I possibly can in the campers lives to the point, to the point, to the point where I'll skip things just so I can hang out with the campers and the staff. So there's numerous times where I'll skip a meal so I can go study. And then after the meal, I'll then go to hang out with, so, so instead of me eating but I still need to, to prepare some stuff for my sermon. I'll, I'll skip a meal so I, so that I can then hang out with them afterwards. Or sometimes, sometimes I'll go to the meal so I can hang out with the kids and I'll try to sit at different tables and just go, you know what, Lord, you're just going to have to help me through this next lesson because, you know. <laughs> I'm not as prepared as I need to be. So, but the, the idea is I'm here. This is the ministry. Yep. This is not a stepping stone. I, I'm not speaking at this camp as a stepping stone to pad my resume. Right. The camp itself is the ministry and and how you determine that takes a little bit of discernment. But to me, that's a major thing. Do, do they actually care about my people or they do they care about their own name? Right. So those are my four principles that I kind of walk through and kind of ask some questions about those to say, you know, is this the type of guy that I want Uh around my people. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, you know, that is that is the key point. I mean, this is camp, you know, and that is what we do. And if you've got somebody there who is just a name or he's, you know, he's showing up just to do his thing and then he's locked in a closet somewhere, which I've seen, you know, they just kind of, you know, oh, I'm I'm just here to speak. I can't be bothered with, you know, getting down in the dirt with the campers or doing any of that stuff. You have to ask yourself that question. I mean, are they really here? For what we're doing yeah. as ministry or are they here to just make a name for themselves or, you know, uh, pad their resume or wh- whatever, the, whatever the case may be. And I think as directors, one of the things that we've got to guard very carefully is the ministry of our camps. How is it being perceived like that kid whose face just just plummeted when the guy introduced himself again? Every aspect of that is is ministry. To these kids, how we interact with them, games we play with them, how often we're with them, all those types of things. You're dealing with campers and kids who come from a variety of situations who the smallest little thing could mean the difference between, you know, them really paying attention and really getting something out of it or just writing the rest of the week off Mm -hmm. and being like, I'm done with this place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And that's uh Yeah, that's, that's just really important, you know, and I got to give a a shout out to uh, my good friend, Nathan Bath. He's a guy you got to get on. I I don't mean the name drop, (laughs) but Nathan Bath. uh, Yeah, he, he, you know, when I, when he first asked me to speak, he, he gave me this spiel and he said, you know, some speakers will come and they'll just spend the whole time in their room. And he says, you know, we're just so appreciative that anybody will come and speak that, you know. That, that's OK. If that's what you need to do to get ready to speak God's word in a way that's going to be effective to these kids, do that. He said, but we we would just implore you as brothers to to spend time with campers. And I, that's a really good way of of saying it. And that, that really brought home the point to me, even though I was excited to do it. And right. uh, that's your nature. You know, but but yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yes. But, but sometimes I, I will be honest, uh, going to a new camp, it is strange because there is a language that each camp has, there's traditions that each camp has. And as a speaker, I want to be sensitive to that. And I want to, I want to help further those traditions because that's why people come, yeah. you know, there's, there's things that you do. So like at Shiloh, mail time was like The pinnacle of the Mm day, everything was going towards mail time. (laughs) And we had the wheel of disaster where you would spin a wheel and you would have to do something crazy to get your mail, you know, and uh, the big the big thing to get that everybody loved was the the speaker's choice where the speaker got to determine your punishment. Right. And so I had fun with that. You know, a lot of speakers didn't really do much with it, but I thought, you know what? This is the kid's highlight of the day. I'm really going to really going to spend time. So I would do things that Jeff are the most, I I tried to think of the most embarrassing thing you could do. That's not really that embarrassing. You know, it's awkward, but everybody loves it. So what I did was I did a lip sync battle where they didn't know what song they were lip syncing because it was in a different language and everybody had fun, you know, and it was it was great. I even did one song where there it was it was just music. There was no words to lip sync. <laughs> so the guy, guy stood up there with the microphone, and there was nothing to lip sync. And everybody loved it. And it, you know, it just deepened that tradition. And because I cared about the right. camp, I cared about the staff as well. Right. You Absolutely. know, I ministered to the staff as well, and that's important to them. Yeah, it might not be important to me. But it's important to them. And that's what ministry is, is it's earning the right to be heard every day and saying, you know, I care for you and I'm here to minister to you. You are not a stepping stone to my success. You are the ministry and God cares about you. So I should as well. Yeah, absolutely. So.
0: And, you know, you've you've definitely displayed that um, when I've been with you at camp and and those types of things. And it also reminds me of a uh, of another uh, buddy of mine who I served under for a while named Greg Korn. We had Greg come out to a senior adult conference that we had here. Now, Greg's. Um, Uh, Greg's a little north of us age wise, not too much, but he's he came to speak to our senior adults and he didn't just come to speak to the senior adults. He came and was a part of the program to the point that when he got up to speak, even though his picture and information was in the program, they were like. I didn't realize you were the you were the preacher. I just thought you were oh, one that's of us. Great, and that's that's what we need to be. They they need to yes. see us as one of them, as part of the program, as part of the camp, more than they need to see us as the guy up there. And it doesn't matter if we're quote unquote the guy. What matters is is they've got a connection with us. So the moment that we get up there, that they're like, I know I can I can listen to him because. He's one of he's one of us. He's part of he's part of the ministry. He's part of the camp. He he believes in what we're doing here. And I think that carries a lot of weight. It did for the seniors. I think it still does for youth. I think it does for any age group that you have coming out there. If the person that you have that's speaking is a part of the program, is a is is not just hold away, is not just the special whatever. It speaks volumes to those who are. In the audience, ready to hear the word because they know that they know that guy, they know who that is, and it may, it makes it better, makes it more special.
1: I, I think so. I, I you know, I, I've been in situations where I've gone up to some of my theological heroes, and they didn't give me the time of day. Yeah. Even just me, just saying, "Hey, thank you so much for st- taking the time to come and speak. I really appreciated it." You know, and I went up to one guy, and he was on his phone the whole time, and it was like, "Oh, I am so sorry to." bother you uh i just wanted to say thank you and he and he said you i, I you're welcome and didn't even look up didn't even wow. look up and then and, and he's a well-known guy hey, he's and he's a guy that he's really a guy eloquent. that looks like you yeah he's the guy that looks like <laughs> me yeah uh, yeah whatever that means he's a guy that looks like me but but i've been around other guys who were less talented less gifted but Man, they they asked what church I was at. They asked what I was preaching. They asked about my kids, you know, and you just felt like, OK, this guy, this guy cares about Absolutely. me. You know, he's here for me. And so that that just goes a long way. So that last principle, I think, is really, really important. Uh, you know, Jeff, we, we probably have all had those speakers that came with their with this to camp selling their own merch. Oh, yeah. And that that's just. It just rubs me the wrong way. That's not what you're here for. Um, Congratulations. You have merch. I get, I don't know. I I guess. I don't know. (laughs) But no, it's, it's it's about the word and spending time with the kids and having fun with the kids. And uh, you know, even if it's not your cup of tea, you can always, you can always be gracious and at least attempt. And if nothing else, uh, learning to laugh at yourself when you epically fail at all of these games, and the kids love that stuff, and 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 they they appreciate the authenticity. Absolutely. And in, in
0: the last episode, we talked a little bit uh, with uh, Dr. Jeff Robinson about you know some uh, em- emotional maturity and and some of that. And I think it takes a, a good bit of emotional maturity to not only be a camp pastor, but to to humble yourself to the point where you can fail at some of these things and get, you know, and have kids laugh at you and and not worry that it's going to affect you negatively when you stand up behind the podium or whatever. And I think that's I think there's something to be said about that. they They want to see they want to see you as a human before they see you as a speaker, you know. And I think that that's especially in a camp realm, that's extremely valuable. You mentioned uh, Nathan, you know, uh, he had a whole kind of a thing that he gave out to you. What what would you suggest uh, camps do as they're vetting some of these guys? Should they create a packet? Should they uh, should they meet Hmm. with them? What are what are some suggestions that you would have?
1: Well, I I guess it would depend on the guy. Right. So for me, I'm not a huge packet guy. Let me get let me write up a packet for you. And here's a packet of what I expect from you. I'm more of the guy that says, let's talk one on one and uh, get to know you. But yeah, Nathan, Nathan had a he had a spiel that he he told me. um, But I I had known Nathan for a long time before I spoke at the camp. Our church was a uh, financial donor to his camp. So he he knew us. He knew our church. Our church was in the same uh network of sister churches. And so there was uh there was that commonality. And so I, I guess for me, that would probably be the first place I would look. I would look at who do I know in the network of churches that already are fully supporting the church or supporting the camp? What churches? What, what guys can I tap into there, uh, to talk? Uh, I, I would, I would also say to how you decide to do it. You need to have those clear, clear expectations of this is what our theme is. This is what we expect the setting to look like. Here's, uh. Here's the expectation. We kind of expect you to be around the campers. We kind of expect you to do this. So, so outlining those clear expectations from the beginning, in, in a very gracious way, in, in a in a brotherly way, saying, you know, as a brother, this is what we want to do. This is what we're trying to do as a camp. And, you know, I would probably gauge their reaction after hearing some of that, and uh, saying, this is kind of what we expect. Uh, we expect you to do this. So so that would be, that would be, that would be kind of my advice. You know, each guy's different. Each camp is different. Each situation is different. So each one's going to require something different, but you gotta, you gotta establish those clears expectation of this is what we expect from a guy or a gal that's going to come and speak and, and, and talk to our campers and talk to our people or doing this conference. This is the expectation we have for you, you know, uh, not not necessarily what expectation do you have for us, but here's the expectation we have for you. Right. This is what we expect. We expect you to do this and this and this yeah. and this. And we, and we urge you to do this. So th- that would be kind of my advice. Um, You know, when I, when I pick a guy to, re, uh, whenever I go away and I pick a guy to fill the pulpit. Yeah. I don't have a packet, but I, I know the guys, I, I interact with the guys. I listen to the guy's sermons on a pretty regular basis. And, like I said they're they're from a they're from a a like-minded network, you know, of guys who are who are like-minded, who who have a similar philosophy of ministry. And in the ministry world, those things are really easy to pick yeah. up. You know, uh we know the difference of philosophies of ministries and and that's something that's really obvious in in the first 5 minutes of talking. And if you don't have that that discernment yet, of that you need to get that discernment of differing competing philosophies of ministries and which philosophy different philosophy of ministries uh, meet so that that would be my advice I, I I'm I don't know if that's helpful. I think it is. Yeah. Restating the question. It
0: it, it really is helpful. I mean, because I think that we're all wired a little bit differently. And I think we have to understand, too, that camp pastors and people that you'd call to be your camp pastor are going to require or need something a little bit different from us to be able to, uh, you know, some of them are going to be packet guys. Listen, I'd love to sit down and meet with you, but I'd really like to know in detail. And it may may not be something. So, I mean, getting to know them and being able to do that is extremely Uh, I think I think helpful in that way and being able to select them. I want to turn for just a second as we kind of land the plane a little bit and talk a little bit about on the other end, how can we as camp directors honor those camp pastors? When they come, what can we do to to help them out? Because they are coming, and and yes, they love ministry. We've selected the guy that you know is pointing to Christ, and he's got the finger on the Bible, and he's going verse by verse. He's he's yeah. doing all the right things. How do we honor that? You know, sometimes uh, it goes beyond monetary things for sure, um, and and that's set on on what your camp budgets are and things like that. But I think there's other ways possibly that that we could honor those pastors. Tell us. Tell us what your thoughts are on that?
1: Well, I have a couple principles. The first one is the Jeff Yant principle. <laughs> uh, you have to invite the guy over for breakfast every morning, and you have to make him bacon. And there eggs. you go, bacon wins the day, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, obviously, Jeff, you and I, we were closer friends, and so that that relationship's a little bit unique right. because uh, you know I was in your house, right. and uh, <laughs> so that that's obviously different. Um, you know, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask this because as you know, Jeff, I'm pretty much that guy that says, if you just get me there right. and you get me, you get me a bed and get me food, that's it. I, I'm, I'm game. Uh, but I, I will, there's been a couple times where I've spoke and uh, the camp had a, a speaker's room, you know, a special room where the speaker got a sleep and uh the speaker didn't have to pay for internet he got internet uh he he had uh they had left out a whole bunch of snacks throughout the for the week and bottles of water and you know it was just a nice setting it was a nice quiet setting the room was kind of soundproof so if i did need to study or i did need to to talk on the phone with somebody uh So, so that was nice. That was nice to have, to have that, to have a special place that I could kind of get alone. I could pray, I could have my devotions and I couldn't hear the rest of the camp. So, so there were some times where that was really nice. Um, You know, one thing that I, that I have always wished would be communicated, uh, especially for a first time camp. And, and I think you did a pretty good job. And I think Nathan did a pretty good job, but I've spoken at a couple other places where you didn't really know uh, was some of the traditions that you need to know to help with staff and getting the staff and the kids involved. Yeah. Right. So there's certain traditions that each camp has. That's really important that. Y- 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 if the speaker doesn't know about him, sometimes he misses out on those mm-hmm. things because he doesn't know, oh, there's a big bonfire that's kind of happens, you know, at the end of the day and people kind of debrief. I didn't know I, I would have been there if I would have known that happens right. or, you know, like like uh, I think of like that wheel of disaster right for mail time. That was the pinnacle of Shiloh. Right. That right. was everything focused on that. Nathan let me know that was it and to to think ahead of time of some of those uh, interestingly embarrassing things. Because to think of that stuff on the spot would have been impossible. Right. It would oh, have been impossible yeah. because you, d- you didn't know what was going on. Next thing you know, you're put on the spot. Can you come up with something? Uh, so so just knowing some of those things, um, you know, I, I think every time I've spoken at a place, I got like free T-shirts and stuff. That's always nice, you know. Um still wear those uh I'm poor so <laughs> that's what I wear all the time <laughs> but but those things yeah that's what I would say I, I would I would say you know that th- th- those things are nice uh I having kind of your own room kind of a way so you can kind of debrief at night that's that's really nice and you know free stuff is always fun and uh, the snacks are really helpful because there's no snacks at camp. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, just those little things. I think those things are really nice. Um, you know, uh, so I remember one time I was speaking at a camp and I brought my wife and it was over our anniversary, mm-hmm. which that's another thing. We probably, you probably could have another entire podcast <laughs> on the pastor's wife <laughs> that has to put up with a guy who does camp. Right. right? Because, because the wives, they – they take a toll. That takes a toll on Absolutely. them. Camp ministry takes a toll on wives. And, and especially when, you know, my schedule is already blazing busy. And then you add on top of it another 100 to 200 hours of study, right. then a whole week away. And sometimes those weeks in the summer coincide with my anniversary. Mm-hmm. And my wife is a saint. Who said, Well, we'll just go to camp and we'll celebrate our anniversary right. there. And the camp caught wind of that and they had a special celebration oh, for us good. and a special meal that's for us. Good. So but but I, I just think it's it's that stuff of just being attentive, knowing the guy, you know, uh, you know, some guys like me, I I consider myself a little maintenance guy. I might not be. I might be the most high maintenance speaker. We'll, ask, we'll ask your wife I consider, and see what she says. Yeah, bless we'll yeah. my wife. But I consider myself a pretty low maintenance guy, you know, just kind of show me where I need to be and what I need to do and when I need to show up. And I'll just kind of wing it the rest. But but just knowing me and, you know, just knowing the guy and, uh, you know, Jeff, I think you told me one time about you put a whole bunch of sports memorabilia in one guy's room, you know, yep. because you knew he was coming that that type of stuff just to say, Hey, you know, you do care about me. And I, you know, I'm a ministry too. And I'm not, I'm not a means for your end. right? You know, we're, we're, we're mutually doing ministry Absolutely. together and we care about each other and we're having fun with each other. Uh, I, I think that stuff's important. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I think of it too, as we're, as we're talking through that is you, you got to think of them as, as one of the participants almost. I mean, you're going to send letters. If you're running your own camp, you're sending letters to those camp kids. Or if you're just a host, you're going to send something to that, um, to that coordinator after their camp session is over, just saying, hey, we thank you so much for being here. You know, want you to come back next year, that kind of a thing. Yeah. I think the same thing goes for your speaker for your camp pastor. Hey, let them know how much you appreciate them into something as simple as a handwritten letter or if you have horrible handwriting like, like me, a typed up letter that is, is specific and then with a with a personal signature on there that just says, listen, we want to tell you how much we really appreciated uh, what you did and that come out here. This was the result of of what, you know, your ministry, you know, what was what happened during your ministry time here. Those types of things are precious, I think, to camp pastors. I mean, getting that letter, you know, a week after and saying, hey, we heard back from Timmy and, you know, he went (laughs) home and he accepted the Lord and he was talking about, you know, his experience at camp. And that's that's the important thing. I think those are the things that the guys that fit this criteria they're going to latch on. that's more important to them than anything else. They're going to exactly. going to look at that and say that was worth my time, and
1: I can't wait to get yeah. back exactly yeah and and once you get once you get a guy involved in camp, uh, is camp is one of those things that once you get to once you get the taste of yep. it, you know as a camp pastor and, and you have a good experience, I imagine it's a lot like golf, like once you start, you don't stop, yeah, you know, even if you're terrible. Even, even if it's like the worst outing you had, there was that one good time, right? right? And so you're like, I'm, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, but, you know, it's a ministry and and we're, we're people and we, we need to just treat each other like brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think that stuff is, is really good. And yeah, the letter, that's, that's kind of fun. Uh, you know, Nathan would call me afterwards and, 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 and say, thank you. And um Yeah. So that that's kind of that that's kind of the stuff I kind of look for, even though if it's not there, I'm just excited I get a chance to preach. I I mean, I, I that's. That is my favorite thing in the world is to preach. So if you let me preach anywhere, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, yeah, Well fine. speaking, speaking
0: yeah. of that. Uh, and as we as we kind of close up here, uh, if 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 somebody listening wants to have you ask you to come out to their camp and they're willing to, to bring you out, how can they get in contact with you?
1: Yeah. So I have this really complicated email. So you better get a pen. Uh, here it is. Caleb Hilbert at gmail.com. That is that is tough. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted capital Z R apostrophe 7 Z Y dash but that was already taken. Right? <laughs> go figure. No, so just email me or you can go to my church website com. just type out the whole thing. Uh and uh you can get a contact with me there uh i'll just let everybody know my flat fee uh i don't charge to speak just travel put me in a place to sleep and food and uh let me know what i what what uh, the theme is, but and I, I I'm ready. That's to That's right. And if you get any get him within
0: anywhere within a hundred miles of Florida, I might even help pay for that travel. So just get him here. So <laughs> hey, there you go, there you go. That's that's that, great. That'll work. That'll work. Well, Caleb, thank you so much. Uh, your insight on this and your experience in this is extremely helpful. And you know we're in the midst and the throes of camp season still right now, but I still think this is valuable information for. Our camps and our directors to take and kind of evaluate what they currently have this summer, even and look, you know, how can we do even better for next year? How can we do even better in the programs that we have, um, off season and, and all those things? And so I really appreciate your time and, and doing that. Uh, uh, we greatly look forward to seeing you again. I'll see you again very, very soon.
1: That's right. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Like I said, I've been listening to the podcast since the very beginning. Uh, You know, I I try to catch every episode and uh, I I primarily just like that first part, that music.
0: Music is amazing.
1: That guy is. That's all I listen to. Then I turn it off. (laughs) Then I turn it off. No. um, Oh man. No, I, I, I appreciate it. And uh, you know, You've kind of shared with me a couple of the camp guys that are listening and some of the names of some of the guys that are listening yep. and, and, and the, the camps that are going on throughout, you know, this summer. And there's a lot. So I'm also praying for you guys and for, Absolutely. you know, the listeners and the camps. I, I might not know your name. I might know, not know your camp, but when I say to the Lord, just help the camps. right. I, I'm thinking of you. I'm thinking of you. And there's some names that I, I think of. So I yeah, I, I pray for you guys and that the this summer is going to be a fruitful time of of ministry and faithfulness to the Lord. And uh yeah, and then I look forward to seeing you here soon. We're going to be at a conference together. Yep. I think this is the this is the first conference, Jeff, that I'm going to be attending. No, this will be the second conference I'm attending where I'm not doing anything. Oh wow. So I, I'm it to me This is going to be like a vacation I looked for your name in the uh, program.
0: And I was shocked when I didn't see it I'm in there. I'm not speaking. Yeah.
1: I'm not speaking. I get a I get a hackle <laughs> and uh, I have a friend who's going to be speaking and uh, I'm going to go listen to his. And he's doing a panel. And oh, man, I got some doozy theological questions for him. So uh, it's, that should be exciting. Be um, That'll be fun. I, I no, hope I'm going to break no, away from I, the I'm coffee really table and that. head up over that way. <laughs> But anyways, no, thank you for having me on praying for the ministries and uh, the camp ministries. And uh, thank you for doing this. We
0: will definitely have you back on. I will harangue you again. I might we might even record when we're together. That would be that would be phenomenal. That would be great. Thank you so much. And that was my interview with my friend Caleb Hilbert, pastor of Lewis and Clark Bible Church. If you're interested in having Caleb come to speak at your camp, you would not do better. Uh, He is a phenomenal expositor. You can reach him at calebhilbert at gmail.com or you can reach him through his church website at lewisandclarkbiblechurch.com. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We look forward to seeing you next time. This has been Jeff with the SBCA podcast, praying all the best for you, your camps, and your staff as you seek to give him glory in all that you do. See you next time. The SBCA podcast is a production of the Southern Baptist Camping Association. Our theme song, First Day at Camp, written, produced, and performed by Caleb Gilbert.